Hey there, as you listen to this, you have about a week left to uh, meet us in Austin, Texas. That's right. We will be at the Austin Classic Game Fest from July 30th to July the 31st uh, at a booth the whole time and also doing a live show about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, also known as other things, but the NES Punch-Out game, the boxing, you know, with the punching. Yeah, we're also having a a meetup on Saturday night uh, at the Kung Fu Saloon in downtown Austin at 8 p.m. You can find all of the information about this, including the uh, the, the panel time at uh, duckfeed.tv slash Austin dash 2016. Uh, we would love to see you. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let, 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 let's meet. A bomb. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. You're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro gaming extra sode. Yes, and we are uh, reading your responses to Deus Ex Invisible War. Mm-hmm. You never asked for this, but you're getting it. Um, yeah, thanks, everybody. We only got a couple of responses, um, as we mentioned, uh, as we will mention in the next episode, extra sode, The because um, time is uh, convoluted. Uh, you know, we, we understand there are some games that are well-loved, some games are less well-loved, but if uh, if you have things to say, we do encourage you to uh, to write in. Yes. At duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to get us started off here with Gordon who writes, This was a real pleasant surprise for me after ignoring Invisible War in my Steam library for about six years on the advice of hyperbolic goons. Um, I expected a near unplayable mess, but what I got was surprisingly playable, if fascinatingly compromised. And within an hour of starting, I had broken into... Um, sorry, and within an hour of starting, I had broken into my academy director's house and filled her shower with a half dozen unconscious men in compromising positions. It just carried on from there as a mass murdering, raging asshole in your personal space simulator. Um, I, uh, if I'd played it back in the day, expecting a bigger and better Deus Ex, maybe uh, it would have been uh, just uh, maybe it just would have been a bitter taste. But as a few hours of dopey nanotech fueled fun, it was a great experience. Thanks, Duckfeed. Thanks, Gordon. Yeah, thank Gary for that. He's the one who pushed for it. Yeah, glad uh, glad you enjoyed it. People people liking uh, uh, Danielle Rando went on like a Bioshock Two rant on Twitter, and it just <laughs> gained, made me gain power. Like any, <laughs> anyone loving these uh, these second sons uh, is always good for me. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, agreed on all those things uh, as as much as we we mentioned uh, in the episode. And I'm glad you had uh, one. Never listen to hyperbolic goons. <laughs> and two, I'm glad you had fun with the physics because they're delightful. But, but Gary, what if were the hyperbolic goons? Um, I mean, we are like, I, there's definitely like hyperbolic goons. Like the whole last episode was just like, I don't care if it's means the end of the world. Whatever J.C. Denson, Denson says, J.C. Denson gets, he's the birthday boy, you know, he's the birthday. <laughs> he could definitely a hyperbolic goon. Yep. There's no question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and Robert says via contact, I only own invisible war because it was cheaper to buy it bundled with Deus Ex one on the steam sale. Valve essentially paid me a dollar to take invisible war, which is both. <laughs> <laughs> which is good both because it is objectively the best value for a game I ever bought and because it's not nearly as bad as its reputation suggests. Uh, even though the character customization is a bit messed up, the universal ammo system was a terrible idea. The factions are all unlikable and the engine is a mess. There's quite a bit of fun to be had in invisible war. You, uh, you get to do shady work for a hologram pop star 
team up with a robot helicopter pilot and knock dozens of people out with a tonfa and throw them onto rooftops so they'll have no way to get down in the morning. <laughs> uh, some of the engine jank is hilarious, such as the bug is that if you jump while stepping onto a curb, the game tries to compensate for the incline by making your jump absurdly powerful and launching you literally two stories up. I did not get that to happen, unfortunately. Uh, in conclusion, Invisible War is no Deus Ex 1, but it doesn't deserve the level of scorn that it gets online. Yeah, both of these responses are kind of right in line with us. Yeah, agreed. Agreed on all points. Um, yeah, I got to figure out that curb, curb glitch. <laughs> I'm sure there are fun, uh, fun YouTube videos or compilations. Oh yeah. I think it was either this one or maybe the first ASX that was uh, kind of one of the cornerstones of low taxes, asshole physics, um, okay. um, articles on essay. It, I think it was uh low tax, but it was like screenshot let's plays describing just the ways that you can be really, really unpleasant to people in games using the physics in them. Are you, um, you're not talking, are you sure it's low tax? You're not talking about the, um, the real famous Deus Ex playthrough, the sunglasses at night? This is definitely, uh, um, uh, something awful thing. The asshole physics. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know the, the asshole physics, but I, uh, sunglasses at night is a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Which is a, a let's play that has just JC Denton, Denton being just like the absolute worst throughout the whole <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, and using lots of exploits, like lots of like climbing on lambs on the tops of walls and stuff. Mm. My friend Courtney plays Deus Ex 1 like every year or something like that. And she never really leaves the first area. Like she just <laughs> kind of spends it like stacking up boxes and doing weird physics stuff and going out of bounds. And there are a lot of weird, like fun exploits Yeah, you can do. Um, it was a bunch of essay um, writers doing okay. stuff in Deus Ex, uh, Max Payne 2. Uh, yeah, but it's like uh, low tax acetone and uh, let me see here, Spocker Jones. So and oh. any number of people have uh, kind of taken that and run with it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we because uh, we're kind of short on responses, we have a couple of uh, things from the old bag. Um, as we mentioned, we do leave we keep everything that everyone ever writes in for days where we're kind of light, and this is a day that we're kind of light. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna read some stuff from some past games and and such. Yeah. Uh, is this you or me? this is you (laughs) this is me so this is doug writing in about day of the tentacle saying all i can say is thank you for the excuse to play this classic a game that i knew by reputation but had never gotten around to having been born in 1980 point and click adventures were part of my gaming dna growing up though i tended to gravitate more towards sierra games uh, than the scum engine group as an aside i highly recommend conquests of the longbow an oft overlooked sierra adventure game uh, and one that is definitely worth your time is that one in the uh, the hardcore gaming book? Because um, I can't remember. It. Yes, I believe it mm. is. Um, Conquest of the Longbow. For some reason, I don't think this is true. I had that associated with those weird cinemaware mm. games, but yeah. I think that's just the the Robin Hood game. Okay. Um, I don't really remember Conquest of the Long Longbow as a, as an adventure game. Yeah. But I'll have to look it up. I, I, I trust your recommendation, Doug. Uh, continuing, as for Day of the Tentacle, what is really interesting is seeing the through line of Tim Schafer's auteur vision. From this one to Full Throttle to Grim Fandango, Psychonauts, and Brutal Legend, Schafer's products are not always perfect games. In fact, virtually all of them stumble in some respects as far as pure gameplay is concerned. However, humor goes a long way to smooth those rough edges, and I find uh, with Schafer's work, I'm almost always willing to forgive those missteps in favor of the next bizarre character or Python-esque scenario. I'm curious to hear your perspective on this one and see if there are any other games which you love for their comedic value, even if the underlying gameplay is subpar. Uh, Deadly Premonition? Uh, Elite Beat Agents. 
<laughs> just, just, uh, we just recorded that episode. Up. Yeah, but but, uh, um, but but you don't like that game. Like even, no, even the yeah, humor no, doesn't, doesn't recover doesn't it. Save it. Uh, yeah. I would Deadly Premonition is a good example for me. Yeah. Like that is a game that like I'm glad I played, mm-hmm. but large stretches of which were not fun remotely mm-hmm. um, for me. So like I mean long stretches. Like there was like <laughs> it, there are parts that are really delightful of that game, and it is really really funny and offbeat and cool. And just uh, had lots of parts that I thought were straight up bad. Yeah, uh, in, um, a, in a similar vein. Um, so like like a bunch of Suda Fifty One stuff as well. Yeah, even though like when we uh, uh, God, what is that one we did? Uh, Killer Seven. Uh, Killer Seven, I think actually stands up pretty. Oh, well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. As 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 like as far as Suda Fifty One stuff that I've played uh, is probably the most holistically good. Oh yeah. Uh, one, but yeah, that that is kind of uh, those two creators um, <laughs> are good good examples of something that is like funny but not. <laughs> not particularly solid yeah um which is a thing that happens and i would put like most like tim Schafer stuff in there oh yeah um psychonauts is a good game uh in spite of its game <laughs> you know like the uh and then like uh brutal legend was not a good game in spite of its its game but it almost was yep like the first fourth of brutal legend is fun and worth playing you know yeah um yeah for sure uh keith says via contact um i listened to your hardware episode while exploring your back catalog yesterday and Gary, I was so stoked to hear at least one other person remembers Morafware. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> it is the most uh, also ran of the early 90s shareware vendor vendors imaginable, and the games were technically very bad, even for the time. It draws in so closely, and the art is high school doodles. I still remember being chased by a syringe arm guy and the beaker of uh, and the beaker of toxin, toxic chemicals. Um, <laughs> I actually bought uh, Dungeons of the Unforgiven by mail, uh, which seemed to be the big magnum opus at the end of his output, the HD version of Morhaf's world. <laughs> at some point in the 90s, Morhaf fell into a giant software hole that contains only iterative versions of Mahjong. <laughs> so I, I wonder if he still takes the occasional order for the old stuff. Uh, anyway, if you played that and you're used to and you've used the Dark Sun setting, you must have played Tower of Doom slash uh, Mistara. For a video game, uh, it's very faithful to that old monstrous manual in terms of behavior and art. That game and Dark Sun Shatters Land, Shattered Lands gave me endless game nights of semi-plagiarized storylines. You occasionally <laughs> trash monsters uh, that my D&D group loved on Monster on My Podcast, and I had a player uh, who from day one was determined to ride a Bahir. Uh, <laughs> but it's always fun to hear someone else's take on this stuff. Man, there's I... kind of a, a transition there in that last paragraph where he starts talking about uh, he's talking about um, the uh, Monster on My Podcast podcast, and then I think he is talking about uh, is he talking about Dungeons of the Unforgiven being like Dark Sun, or is he talking about the uh, Mar- uh, Shadow Tower of Doom Mastara episode? He's talking about the Shadow Shadow of Doom Mastara okay. um, or Tower of Doom, uh, which uh, um, I, I don't know if we knew that we had covered those games actually. Oh yeah, uh, at the time, yeah, yeah. this was. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, so Merry Christmas for you. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Yeah, uh, Dark Sun Shattered Lands, I'm really excited to revisit that because it just recently was in a GOG bundle. Hmm. So now I think I own like every video game that's D&D based Damn. Um, between GOG, like almost like between, but I got all the gold box games. I got all the Eye of the Beholder stuff. Nice. Um, all the things I was missing, including uh, the Al-Kadim and Dark Sun games that are kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, from uh, that time. I hope nobody like, takes what we say on monster on my podcast seriously <laughs> like oh, tra- trashing um, something you love it's like we're yeah well if we just say a monster's not cool they might love it in the same axis that we're trashing it on yeah i suppose that's my my thinking is that they think it's cool for kind of goofy awesome reasons like they're mm-hmm. not taking it as seriously as okay. we are 
Um, I don't actually know that to be the case. Yeah, I just I just had like a like a nightmare thing like catching my throat. Like, oh, do people know it's a bit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that 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 uh, that show is so weird for feedback because it's like just people who I know already listen to the show really like it. Like all the feedback <laughs> I get is from Slack. The actual wide world, I have no idea if they're listening to it or what they think about it. <laughs> the, the, the essay um, period, people were like, wait a minute, you shit on kobolds? Let me show you all the cool kobolds I know. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it is kind of, uh, I mean, it is probably probably our fault in branding, like uh, similar to an abject suffering kind of problem. And water will find its level and people will kind of figure <laughs> out what it is. Yeah. Uh, but who who knows? Um, I never actually played uh, Dungeons of the Unforgiven. I only played Moroff's World. Um, it's cool to know that he did uh, did more with it, though. Yeah. So, I have no recollection of that portion of the show he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I talked about uh, shareware mm. uh, quite a bit during that episode for one reason or another um, and brought up this uh, this weird kind of closet developer um, guy that uh, me and my my friend Derek and my friend Doug, I've talked about Derek a lot on the show, mm-hmm. um, used to play his games yeah. back in our early PC gaming days. Ah. Cool. Uh, Jacob writes in via contact. This is uh, we're moving into the new Vegas corner here um, mm-hmm. saying suffice to say, I disagree with you about honest hearts, which I generally, I generally enjoyed. It's not my fave, but whatever. I'm not writing in about that though. I'm just writing in to say that you can absolutely spare salt upon wounds. Uh, the choice is there. Um, as far as I can recall, uh, to let Joshua execute him, the bad end for Joshua, since he never finds peace, allow a fair fight, another bad end for Joshua, or let him go with sufficiently high speech. Good end for Joshua, who chills the hell out. Hmm. Um, wouldn't generally care about pointing it out, but you all got so mad about it not being a real choice when it, when, uh, when it actually is that I felt compelled. Apart from that, love the show. Uh, keep on keeping on. I was certainly furious. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I, I just didn't do it and couldn't remember yeah. from the thing. So that's that's a research fuck up. Like I probably should have found that in the wiki. Yeah. To to present all the options. Yeah. And I was about to say, yeah, we can't cover every like possibility, but like that's the culmination of the thing. So yeah. like, I mean, we probably should have saw that. It, Honest Hearts makes my eyes glow over. Yeah. Or, like gloss over. Like it is hard for me to want to cover it. And we were covering four other DLCs I was much more excited to research. Yep. So it's still a mistake. Um, which I'll, I'll, I'll eat some crow for, mm-hmm. but it was also, uh, that is the reason why the mistake was made. Doesn't yeah. excuse it, but does explain it. Yeah. Sorry if that caused anybody any actual distress. Yes. Um, yeah. And it, it was not furious. I mean, I think that even if, with that added information, I still don't think it makes a good DLC. Right. Um, you know, that didn't, that doesn't redeem it for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, still, th- it's still th- good to know for the record. Thank you for writing that and not saying you forgot. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It could have been, you could have been way more of a dick about that. Like there's something, um, and uh, Bob Mackey put on Twitter once that I love where he's like, every single person who takes podcast out to task for minor errors should be forced to listen while they look up things on Wikipedia on, on air, <laughs> um, which I don't necessarily 100% agree with. But I think that that's is that the sentiment is I'm sympathetic to, obviously, yeah. is that like some things are going to fall through the cracks that fell through the cracks. Yep. Um, but it's good that you pointed out because now it's on the show and uh, it is here for for posterity. Yeah. So um, Ziggy says via contact. Um, I know you're hard on Honest Hearts, and rightly so, and I'm pretty sure I'm super-duper late on this, but I still wanted to contact you guys about it. Uh, there was one quest you skipped that resonated with me the way no other quest did. The companion quest for Walking Cloud is about her husband, who Daniel knows is dead, but doesn't want to tell her due to her worrying about uh, it and that effect on his, uh, this trying time, and he might, might affect this trying time. When you tell her, she understands and grieves, but still does what she needs to do. If you don't, she gets bitter when she finds out, and in her ending card, uh, poisons relations between the tribes. Four months before the DLC came out, my father passed away, 
And the week he was in the hospital, my mother, worried about the effect uh, it would have on me with my studies at college, did the same thing and kept the severity of the situation for me until that night I got to see him when he was declared dead. Uh, Needless to say, it was a bit of a shock, and I resented her internally for a long time afterwards. Uh, it's It's a hard lie to learn Uh, knowing that you've been uh, withheld knowledge or knowledge has been withheld for you about a loved one like that. Uh, Cue Honest Hearts coming out and getting to that quest. I decided in character, not realizing the correlation of the situations, to lie to her and not tell her. When I got to the card and realized I've made the same mistake my mother did uh, to try to lie about something like that to help them, to try to make this decision for them, uh, it's a very easy, I realized it's a very easy trap to fall into. I'm also not saying by any means that the quest has the depth of the real-life situation uh, in that. I'm not trying to make myself or my family seem shallow, uh, but I never saw it from that side until I had to make the choice in the game, no matter how real it was in real life. Uh, this still probably makes me seem shallow, though. No. Uh, no. No. Thank, yeah, you. no. thank you for sharing like that. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, A, that is a quest that we didn't address, just because, yeah. again, Honest Hearts, Eyes Glassing Over kind of stuff. Well, and we didn't do every side quest in every DLC either. Right. We skipped, we skipped a lot of stuff. Um, we covered four DLCs that day. <laughs> uh, we covered four DLCs that day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- thank you for sharing. That is like a real a real thing. Um, it's never happened with uh, with death results, but my mother, who is uh, really sickly and um, has been for a couple of years um, and, and you know, uh, recently reminded of which going back home, um, doesn't tell me about medical things. Yep. Uh, just, and I'm not even going through like finals or anything. She just doesn't want me to worry it at all. And I've, you know, talked to her about how that's not acceptable yep. and stuff. But every once in a while, like I will get a call from her from the hospital and I didn't even know anything was wrong. And it's like, Oh, like I, you know, my nosebleed started bleeding and it doesn't stop, Yep. you know, and I had to get a blood transfusion and it's just like, Oh shit. Like I, you know, that happened a couple of days ago. I don't, I, why don't I know mm-hmm. that? Um, so that kind of that sparing somebody their feelings, you don't worry them is something that is a, a really universal thing. And it is cool that a quest kind of dealt with that. Yeah. In game. Yeah. So, and yet I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. I'm very sorry. Um, yeah. That, that's, uh, you know, and, uh, but I'm glad that, you know, that uh, it is, it is an understandable impulse yeah. to protect, uh, protect people mm-hmm. from that kind of thing. Yeah. It's a complicated real life situation. Um, and finally here, Joe writes in via contact again about New Vegas, saying for the majority of the talk uh, that you have had over the episodes on New Vegas, um, I fully agreed with you. Looking through some of the lore outside of the game, too, I found uh, like at least one idea uh, uh, that the Legion has that I think was generally probably pretty good. Uh, that is that mimicking the capitalist elements of pre-war American society, uh, which is what the NCR was trying to do, um, is part of the reason for its downfall. Granted, going back into the savage yet highly organized slave society is a billion times worse. And I'm 99% certain that in all of ancient Rome's history, uh, they were never quite as savage uh, savage of a society as the one in uh, New Vegas. They definitely had slaves, uh, but they also had a normal citizenry that formed a tax base and slaves who were freed um, uh, and were given citizenship. And Roman legions were never a slave base either, or, or were never slave based either. The Romans probably realized that giving weapons and military training to slaves was a real bad idea, especially after several real slave uprisings uh, that they dealt with during the Republic days, uh, like the one that led to uh, the historical Spartacus. Uh, there were three of them called the Servile Wars. Hmm. The the Shagas had those too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, um, Shaga style. The um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I get that, too, from the Legion, that, like, 
it's it's not it's not that they had a good idea. They just were questioning the idea of like let's literally just try to remake America. Yeah, you know, which is, I I see that as being a a pretty thematically resonant and, and good idea too. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, you know I'm I'm all for all <laughs> for kind of remaking you know the world and as a better kinder place. Um, it's just they wanted to remake it as a more brutal, efficient place. Yes, which I'm generally not a. No, no tough love for me. Uh, that's not that's not where I uh, derive my my power. Yep. Like that's not uh, something I like. Yep, I want uh, I want compassion, even if it's yep. inefficient. Yep, me too. Um, yeah, and there's not a lot of like dystopian stories about that. <laughs> like people say that that like it's oh it's this thing that like hasn't really been tried. Um, it feels like to me. I don't you know not inviting a, a thousand Twitter arguments about that, but it does feel like that to me. Yeah, like uh, a lot of the people who. Uh, you know, if you were to rebuild the future like the followers of the apocalypse want and people who say, oh, that's just going to lead to, you know, another disaster and people being mollycoddled and, and all these things. It's like, well, like, let's give it a shot. You know, honestly, the closest like, the closest that you get is, um, uh, oh, gosh, Boulder in the stands, hmm. which is kind of like saying, OK, well, let's try this again, but not lean on technology so much to where we get, um, you know, nuclear weapons like that. Whereas Vegas in uh, in the stand led by Randall Flag uh near Lathadep um is 100% like strict and brutal and militaristic. Yeah. Um you know. Makes sense. Mhm. Yeah. Um thanks everybody. Um if you have anything to say about any of the games we have coming up um which we mentioned uh that is uh Fantasy Star 4 Team Fortress 2 um it is too late to say anything about Rhythm Heaven we're recording these on the same day. Yep. Um, but, uh, if you have anything to say about those games, please hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get alerts about when those kind of deadlines are coming up, uh, it's facebook.com slash, uh, watch out for fireballs mm-hmm. and, uh, that's, yeah, or follow that's... us on social media. Yep. Any of those. Yep. And we'll also, uh, so we have, um, at this point, you still have plenty of time to make travel arrangements. If you want to see us at classic games fest yeah. in Austin, Texas, at the end of the month, we are going to be there. It's a uh, July 30th and 31st. Um, and we are doing a meetup on that Saturday on the 30th. Um, details will be on social media, but we'd love to see you yeah. if you're anywhere nearby and would like to travel out to see us. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a live panel and a live episode on punch out. Yes. So, I think yeah, so. I think you said you had administrative details. Oh shit. Thank you. Um, one little bit of administrative detail and I need to bring this up during bonfire side chat as well. Um, a gentleman ran to me in Portland, uh, who listens, I know to bonfire side chat and perhaps to our other shows, uh, by the name of Forrest who bought me a drink yeah. at, uh, at a bar. Thanks, Forrest. I didn't get a chance to say thank you afterwards. He did that and then kind of skedaddled. Oh, no. And and I don't know if he's nervous or anything, but uh, thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I will mention this in Bonfireside Chat, so you make sure you <laughs> catch it. Uh, that is very nice of you. Yeah, that's uh, very cool for you. Yeah, it was uh, it was yeah, it was very flattering. It's the first time I've been recognized uh, outside. There's that weird time with my voice. <laughs> yeah, when, which when you're real on the phone. Weird. Yeah. yeah, when I was at work and somebody recognized my voice. That's really weird. Yeah. But this is the first time somebody uh, in uh, in Portland like said, hey, it's you. Uh, so it's very nice uh, of you. I really appreciate it. It's very flattering and uh, very sweet of you to buy me a drink. Yeah. Cool. So, so um, that's just about it. I don't know if we have any uh, any uh, deleted scenes for this. I, but, yeah, uh, I don't think we do. Yeah. Um, so uh, and, and stay tuned in two weeks for an explanation <laughs> for why that is. Uh, time has no meaning. Yep. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for for listening to this. And uh, thanks for giving Deus Ex to a shot yep. if you did. And uh, until next time, uh, good night. Good night. Good night, Umbasa. Las Piedras. Mm-hmm.